as we continue worshiping together today, receive these words of scripture from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 21. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Unite them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. We enter into the final week with Jesus and my time with you in the dark. It's been my sincere joy, my delight to be with you in this blessed season. And my prayer is that you have leaned into the dark as much, if not more, than how you look for the light. That we have together somehow deconstructed some of the biases and symbolisms that have been created for us about the dark, and that we've been able to ask and listen to questions in the dark, to find water in the dark. We've learned to see in the dark, and today maybe will remember how to listen in the dark. I pray that you have been able, as I keep discovering every time, the beauty, the sacredness, and God's spirit that dwells in the dark side of the day. As we enter this week, we join a parade. An impromptu parade that involved a donkey and a colt, a baby donkey. We join Jesus as Jesus enters into the city of Jerusalem 
And we remember that we just came from Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, kind of a big deal. People are excited about that. People are anticipating his arrival. So the crowd that followed Jesus from Bethphage, yeah, (laughs) followed him into Jerusalem. And Matthew says that Jesus rode these both donkeys. Now, here's a side note. This just gives you a little bit of window into my geeky theological brain that I spend time thinking about these things. But Matthew says that he rode both the colt and the donkey. Can you visualize that? What did that, I mean, was that like, I don't. (laughs) I think Matthew needed to put a disclaimer. No animals were injured in the telling of the story that Jesus wrote on. But Matthew includes the words from the prophets Isaiah and Zechariah. You know, he does a little bit of a mashup. These are Matthew's words. Remember the audience that Matthew is is telling the story of the gospel to? And he shares with them that this is to fulfill what they prophesied, that The king would come in in a donkey. And the donkey is literally the beast of burden. It's a symbol, believe it or not, of peace. It's not a symbol of empire. It's a symbol of power, but a different kind of power, the power of radical love. But I know this is what Matthew says about Jesus. But I wonder if we remember that this is not the first time that Jesus' family uses a donkey. Somebody else rode a donkey. And I wonder if Jesus took some cues from his mama. The simpleness The call of God, willing to listen and obey, even to her own detriment. Willing to follow a voice that came not from the crowd around her that she probably heard, but from the voice within her that called her and said, you will bear a son. Remember how this journey of Lent starts, right? This journey starts 
We were led into the darkness of the wilderness with Jesus, where he is tempted. He's put to some kind of test. Satan comes to him and tests him. There's something that is included in the scripture reading, especially the way Luke says it. There's a verse at that towards the end where Luke says, and the devil left him for another opportune time. I've often wondered what that opportune time was. When did that become a reality? I think, friends, that this opportune time is now. Jesus walking or riding the donkey through this crowd, yelling all the things you want to hear. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of God. This is the pinnacle. I mean, really. To be honest with you, Jesus could have just parked it right there. That's a win. But Jesus has learned something about the dark. Jesus has learned something about God's voice that sometimes pulls us and calls us above the noise of the crowd, even if the crowd seems like it's following your way. Let me tell you, y'all have been really generous with me. Really, I mean, affirming, right? Very affirming. I'm, I'm not saying that because, you know, I want you to do it more. I'm saying. My, one of my preaching professors, and probably Pastor T.C. Um, remembers him, Dr. McLean, William McLean, would say to us as preachers, would say, you know, there's a little bit of narcissism in every preacher. <laughs> we like to hear it's good. In fact, we work really hard at making you all happy. We make everybody happy. Pastor Dave is laughing because he knows it's true. He's retired now. He could say, huh. <laughs> well, we work really hard. And, and let me tell you, this, it's hard work. And so it feels good when the praises are coming. Feels good when, oh, but when you gotta do the hard things, when you gotta say the hard things, when you gotta say the not too popular, it's not gonna be good with this crowd things. Hmm. See, Jesus could have stayed in the pinnacle of that moment. 
But Jesus was not following the sound of the crowd, but the voice of the one who had called him to enter into this moment and this story. And that voice led him to the temple, led him to turning over tables, led him to calling out people, and the rest is all downhill from there. Public enemy number one by the end of the week. So, I think it's tempting. I think this is the other opportune time. I think this is, you know, Satan doesn't show up in all the whatever it was that he, she or he showed up, I don't know, showed up in, in, in the wilderness. I think that there are these moments in our lives, right, where we have to make a choice. I, I believe in the process of, you know, sanctifying grace, this Wesleyan model of, that helps me to remember that every single moment I need to allow the Holy Spirit to show me ways where I can be converted. And, and that means that I have to have opportunities to see where the Holy Spirit will show up. You know, where the Holy Spirit wants to do some spring cleaning since we're in the season. And you know, we all have that closet. <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm going to get to that closet this season, just maybe not this week. And this is what we do with our lives too, right? So we say, you know, yes, I want, to, I, I, I want God to make me into, oh, Lord, I want to be a Christian. Nah, don't go in that room yet. Uh -uh. That one that has, I'm still, I, I like my anger. Can you just leave it there? I, um, I, I'm not done with that whole you know, jealousy thing. I think I need it a little longer. So don't mess with it. Change me, but don't mess with those things that I, I don't want you to change me like that, okay? This is the process of sanctification. This is the process where over and over again, you and I need to surrender, need to say, that's why, this, that's why we have this calendar. Remember at the very beginning, we talked about the calendar. This is why we have this calendar, because over and over again, you and I are in opportune moments where we are tempted to say no. or tempted to say yes. <laughs> this is Jesus's moment. This is Jesus's time. Jesus understood that what he was stepping into was going to be 
a lonely road, Jesus understood that what he was stepping into was going to be one of rejection. Jesus knew that what he was stepping into was going to be one of betrayal. And he knew that the noise of the crowd was not where he needed to listen. I wonder, church, if we spend a whole lot of time with the noise of the crowd, how do we develop the discipline of listening to God's voice? I pray that as we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know that prayer is more about us than the evil of following what feels comfortable and easy and good instead of what is right and what God is calling us to do. As you discern who you are, as you discern where you're going to go next, as you discern, as you move into this space that God is calling you into, I pray that God's voice speaks to you louder than the crowd because you're going to hear a lot. But if we are willing to listen to the Spirit. We may hear the Spirit say, beware of the noise of the crowd. Because within the loud praises, I think Jesus, listening carefully, could hear Crucify him. Crucify him. May it be so.